I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. We'll be looking at verses 2 through 7 this morning, Isaiah chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there, and it's page 536 in the Pew Bible. Page 536 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't own a Bible, then uh, please take that Pew Bible with you. That's our gift to you today, so take that and use that. It will certainly bless your life if you read it and apply it to your life. Isaiah chapter 9. Today we celebrate the Christ child. We celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we celebrate the Christ child, I want to take you to one of the earlier texts that celebrates the Christ child, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. So if you found your place there, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's word as I read our text this morning. Hear the word of the Lord. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nations, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spool. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord God, we pray that you would write its eternal truth upon our hearts today. Lord, as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord, let us, let us see a little more of who he is. Paint us a picture today of his character and what he has accomplished for us, Lord so that we might rejoice all the more in Christ Jesus our Lord. Bless us now in this time, I pray. And in Christ's name I pray, amen. You may be seated. As we consider this text in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, as I, Isaiah here, he is envisioning the coming of Messiah. God in the Old Testament had promised the Messiah. He had promised a, a seed to Abraham through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed. He promised a seed to David 
with whom God would establish his everlasting, his eternal kingdom. And the people of Israel have been looking for and waiting for this great Messiah, this Christ who was to come. And as as Isaiah is writing and prophesying, he is envisioning a time in which Israel would be in devastation. He's envisioning a time that they would be in darkness. And all that he says here, it paints us a picture of our own condition as we live in this fallen world. First of all, as we think of our condition in this fallen world, we, we live in spiritual darkness. I mean, just watch the news for five minutes and you realize we live in spiritual darkness. There's death and turmoil all around. Consider this, 1.23 million cases, there are 1.23 million cases of violent crimes in the U.S. just this past year. Hundreds of thousands of of souls have fallen victim to human trafficking. That's hundreds and thousands of people who are sold into slavery year after year after year we live in a world trapped in spiritual spiritual darkness in our natural condition we are oppressed by sin we are in bondage to sin our natural uh, tendency in life is to rebel against a holy God we live in bondage to sin and we are crippled by conflict after conflict after conflict of course, in our world, we just think about all the war, wars that are going on around the world at this very moment. Conflict abounds. And, and think about so many families this year. We see so many families here gathered together to worship together and to have that time of fellowship in, in the holiday season. But just think about how many families today are divided How many families today will not be spending Christmas together because of conflict? We live in a fallen world, a world of darkness. But Isaiah, he gives us a good news. He pronounces the good news of great joy that is for all people. He proclaims the good news of a child who is born to deliver us from spiritual darkness. For this child, he has entered into the darkness, and darkness has not overcome him. He comes to deliver us from bondage to uh, uh, our bondage to sin. He comes to bring us everlasting peace. He is God's promised Messiah, the Son of David, God's very Christ. And Isaiah provides for us a wonderful picture of this Christ. And he does that, he paints this picture by calling out four names that are given to the Christ. Four names. Now, names in the Old Testament Scripture, names often had meaning. Jesus himself, he wasn't called by any of these names during his life. His brothers and sisters didn't call him, hey, Prince of Peace, right? They didn't do that. But Isaiah, he's giving him these names because these names tell us a little bit about who he is and what he came to do. So I want to consider those four names today and focus on those four names that we see here 
in Isaiah, primarily Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. So we're going to draw in on that one little verse there this morning. But notice we have here, Isaiah says, a child is born, a son is given who is wonderful counselor. This Messiah who is to come is wonderful counselor. Now let's just think about that word there, wonderful. Let's start right there. That word wonderful, now we think about wonderful, we, we think of it in terms like this. We think of something being wonderful or someone being wonderful. They are delightful or admirable. Miss Virginia is a wonderful lady. She is very admirable. And there's a lot of women who admire Miss Virginia because of her life spent serving the Lord. She is a wonderful lady. It's admirable. But the, the term that Isaiah uses here, the, the Hebrew term that he uses, is, is slightly different. It's not just someone who is an, an admirable counselor. He is a wonderful counselor. He is actually a wonder counselor. That doesn't sound so good in, in the English, so they, they translate it wonderful, but it, it really it might ought to be translated wonder counselor. He is a wonder. The word means something like this. It's, it's miraculous. It's supernatural. He is a supernatural counselor. And he is a counselor. Now, a good and wonderful king is a king who can give good counsel. And so we see King Solomon, as he is brought into his, his kingdom, as he is anointed king over Israel, he was a, quite the young man. And so when God came to Solomon, and, and God asked Solomon, he said, what do you want, Solomon? I will give you whatever you want. What do you want, Solomon? And Solomon said, Lord God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom that I might know how to rule your wonderful people. And so God gave Solomon great wisdom, even supernatural wisdom. Wisdom like had never been seen before. And up until his time of history, no man had the wisdom that Solomon had. People came from miles and miles around to, to hear the wisdom of, uh, wisdom of Solomon and to receive his counsel. He had great wisdom. And Isaiah says the Messiah who is coming, the anointed one who would come, he is wonder, he is supernatural, he is a supernatural counselor, he has supernatural wisdom. Christ is a supernatural counselor. Think about Romans 11, talking about the, the wisdom of God. Romans 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 33 says, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24 says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Jesus Christ is... God's wisdom incarnate. He is the very wisdom of God. While Solomon was given wisdom from God, Christ is the wisdom of God. He is supernatural wisdom. He is the supernatural counselor. Dear friend, when you don't know what to think, 
when you don't know what to do, don't seek the wisdom of this world. This world will lead you away from God. This world, will, its wisdom will lead you away from God and it will lead you into places you don't want to go. Seek rather the wisdom of God. Seek the wisdom of Jesus Christ. For Christ is supernatural wisdom. Paul prays for the church of Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. When you're seeking wisdom, seek the wisdom of Christ. Go to him in prayer. Unto us a child is born, a son is given, who is wonderful counselor. Second, he is mighty God. Oh, that's, this is a wonderful thing. This Christ who is, who is coming, this Messiah, he is no ordinary man. He is wonderful. He is mighty God. He is mighty God. In the Old Testament, Yahweh revealed himself as God Almighty. When he revealed himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when he made his covenant with them, he re revealed himself as mighty God. When he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he delivered them with his mighty hand. He is mighty God, all-powerful God. And the Messiah who was to come is mighty God. He is mighty God. He doesn't just have the power of God. He is mighty God. Jesus Christ is God incarnate. He is God who took on human flesh. And he has all the power of God in his hand. Again, 1 Corinthians 1.24, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom. He is the power of God. John 1, 1 through 3, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ, who took on human flesh, long before that, He was there with God the Father in the very beginning, and when God the Father said, let there be, Christ made it happen. He was there and everything was created through Jesus Christ. And He holds the whole world together by the word of His power. I don't know about you, but my word's not that strong. I can't just speak and things come into existence, but Jesus can. Because he is mighty God. Have you ever been in a situation where, where you felt powerless? I've experienced that several times in my life. But one, one came to mind today as I was thinking about this. And this past week as I was thinking about this. Uh, several years back, well about 24, 25 years ago now. I was taking night classes in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Anybody know where Pine Bluff is? 
I was taking night classes in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and I, I went a little bit earlier. There was a music store downtown Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and, and I wanted to see if, if they carried a, a certain guitar line. And so I, I left a little bit early to go to see if this store carried that line of guitar. So I made it to Pine Bluff. It had already turned dark. It was kind of wintertime, so it had already turned dark when I got there. And, and I pulled up in front of this music store, and I was window shopping. I was looking in the window. I was still sitting in the car, but I was looking through the window and just to see what they had in the store. And uh, the way it goes, they had no guitars, actually. But uh, anyway... <laughs> So that was a little disappointing, but I was, I was sitting there in the car, window shopping. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, the bottom fell out. And I look in front of the car, and the car starts doing this number. I'm like, my, what in the world's going on? And, and a big, heavy, one of those humongous, heavy trash cans was sitting there on the curb beside the car in front of my car. And all of a sudden, that big old heavy metal trash can picked up and whew, blew away. The car was, what in the world's going on? I was powerless. There was nowhere I could go. I mean, I couldn't see because of the rain falling. I, there was nowhere I could go, no, nothing I could do. I was absolutely powerless in that moment, and all I could do was to hunker down and pray to Christ. Oh, Lord get me through whatever this is a little bit it passed and I went on to school and come to find out a tornado had come through right in front of me actually when I was driving to school I everybody anybody seen the sunbeam girl out there swinging yeah she was swinging when I went to the store but she wasn't swinging when I came back she was up in a tree somewhere she had been blown off of her swing a tornado had come through, and I was there in the midst of it, powerless. When you're powerless, and you will be powerless, you are powerless in this world, when you feel your powerlessness, run to Jesus Christ, because He is mighty God. Christ is mighty God. Unto us a child is born, a son is given, who is wonderful counselor, mighty God, and everlasting Father. He is everlasting Father. Now, notice what it says here. He is everlasting. He is eternal. There is no end. Now, He had promised David, I will give you a son, and I will put him on, on your throne. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. He would be an everlasting king. And now he, this one is an everlasting father. He, Jesus Christ, is everlasting. He is eternal. He was in the beginning with the Father. There was never a time that Christ didn't exist. And there will never be a time when Christ will not exist. Jesus Christ is eternal. But also, he is eternal father. Now, this kind of trips us up. Because as Trinitarians, we think of the, the Trinity God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We don't typically think of Jesus Christ as, as a father because in the Trinity, he's in the position of a son, but to his people, he is a father. Just like a king is a father to his people. Jesus Christ is a father to his people. In fact, you go to the New Testament, you see him often talk to people as 
daughter, son. He is a father to his people. He's a father to his disciples. He has love and care and concern for his people. He takes on this, those attributes as a, of a father to his children. He protects his children. He cares for his own. Psalm 103, verse 13, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord, so Yahweh, shows compassion to those who fear him. You know, in our world, there are many who are fatherless. In fact, in America, there are, excuse me, there are 14.8 million single mothers in America today. 14.8 million. That means there are at least that many and more children who are fatherless. They're fatherless. They don't have that father figure in their lives. And in many other cases where the father may be physically present, he is emotionally absent. We got a lot of good fathers here in the church today. But this isn't the norm. In the world and throughout the world, there are a lot of deadbeat dads out there. There are a lot of fathers who are not fathers to their children. There are a lot of children who don't know what it is to have a loving, caring father. Do you long for a loving, caring father in your life? Maybe you're one of those. You've never known the tenderness of a father's care. You've never known his protective hand in your life. But Jesus is an everlasting father. He loves you. He cares for you. He surrendered his life and sacrificed his life to save you. You want to talk about love? Jesus loves you. And he gave himself up for you so that you might have life in him. Oh, if you feel like you're fatherless, turn to Christ. For he is everlasting Father. Unto us a child is born, a son is given, who is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and prince of peace he is prince of peace he is a prince he is a king he is a ruling king today he rules and reigns on his eternal throne in heaven christ came he lived he died for our sins in our place he was buried but then he was raised again and now he lives in glory and he reigns and rules over his kingdom upon his eternal throne in heaven. Christ is a prince, but he's also a prince of peace. He's prince of peace. You know, there's many rulers in this world that say they offer peace, but yet they don't give peace. They long for peace, they search for peace, they promise peace, but end, end up drawing people into more and more wars and more and more conflicts. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He, he, number one, He gives us peace with God. He gives us peace with God. 
Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus brings us peace with God. He brings us peace with God. You see, in our sin, we are children of God's wrath. We are actually enemies of God. We do everything against God. We, we live in absolute rebellion against God. We, we have gone our own way. Each of us have gone astray. We have gone our own way. We're doing our own thing. We're living in objection to God. We are in a, a disobedience to God. We are enemies of God. But Jesus came. And he became a propitiation for our sins. That is... He went to Calvary's cross and he paid the full penalty for our sin in our place and he satisfied the wrath of God for our sins in our place. And he offers us peace with God if we only trust in him. Jesus Christ brings us peace with God. I love that verse in Christ alone. In Christ alone, y'all sing this with me, who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, here's this, the wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live Jesus Christ brings us peace with God But he also brings us the peace of God he also brings the peace of God. John 14, verse 27, Peace I have with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace. My peace I give to you the peace of God the peace of God otherworldly rulers they, they promise peace and bring more and more conflict more and more division but Jesus Christ comes to bring us the very peace of God thus Paul is able to say in Philippians 4 6 through 7 do not let do not be anxious about anything but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Oh, is your life in turmoil? Is your life in turmoil? Is there conflict all around? Do you long for peace? And today, surrender to the Prince of Peace. For He will give you the very peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Celebrate the Christ child. 
celebrate the Christ child today, tomorrow, the rest of the week. Celebrate the Christ child. But this is the child who did not stay a child. We celebrate the birth of Christ and we think of, of Christ as the baby Jesus, but he didn't stay a babe. No, this child, this Christ child, he grew up and he lived a life that none of us could ever live. He lived a life in perfect obedience to his Father's will. He was sinless. There was no sin to be found in him whatsoever. And though he was at perfectly peace with his Father, he went to Calvary's cross and he received on himself the wrath of God reserved for us. Reserved for our sin and our rebellion. And he paid the full ransom for our sins in our place he was crucified dead and buried and three days later showing that no no sin was left to be paid for he was raised again from the dead and now he rules and reigns on his eternal throne in heaven and one day we're celebrating the first advent but we look forward to the second advent another day is coming when christ will return and when he returns, he will bring the peace of God. He will destroy all the, the final enemies of God. He will put them to rest. And he will establish the peace of God on this earth. And he will establish his eternal kingdom. And we look forward to that day. Oh, we celebrate the Christ child. We celebrate the child who become a man. The, the child who became a king. Who is a king. Eternal king. Who will reign forever and ever. Celebrate Christ today. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Turn to him today. Jesus Christ. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Surrender to Him as Lord and Savior today and know His peace that surpasses all understanding. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for this wonderful occasion as we celebrate not just the birth but the life of Jesus and all that He did for us in his life, death, and resurrection. And Lord, we look forward to the day that Christ will return and establish his eternal kingdom here on this earth, bringing your eternal peace to this world. But until then, we look to Jesus and we put all of our faith and our trust in him and we celebrate Christ and we lift him up and we exalt him above all others. And Lord, as we go today and tomorrow and we celebrate with family and friends, let us not lose sight. As we up, open up all of those presents under the tree, as we have the good times, those are wonderful times, but Lord, let us always remember and all, all of that, let us remember your greatest gift in Jesus. And let us exalt Christ in all things. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.